From Relay FM, this is The Pen Addict, episode 246. Today's show is brought to you very kindly by Pen Chalet, Blue Apron, and Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Brad Dowdy. Hey, Mike. How's it going? Very good. We can start focusing on something else now, so the Kickstarter is complete, right? Mm -hmm. So now we can turn all of our focus towards making the events happen, which is great. So thank you so much to all of you incredible people, you 720 amazing people who helped us raise uh, just over $29,000, which is so much money. Uh, Right. (laughs) We don't have any answers on what we're going to do with it yet. Um, but that's so much money and you're going to be able to help us do everything exactly the way that we want to do it to deliver the best rewards we can for you. So to everyone who has uh, backed the project, once again, thank you. Yeah, this turned out to be like the the hockey stick chart, like based on what we've done in the past. It was like we're going along and we're going along and then wham, this happened. So it's like a huge outlier pointing up (laughs) in a cool way like this is going to be awesome and you know this already gives us the confidence to work on something pretty big for next year and maybe we can squirrel away uh some of this money for for that as well because it's going to be kind of a bigger bigger deal if Mm -hmm. if we can pull off what we want to pull off so yeah this is um thank you very much to everyone who who backed this um it's awesome i mean it's it's like really really cool to to see this and uh just the the first quick update i've already got um you know the the production hasn't started but um the the order is in for the cases as of yesterday so we're starting um they're not gonna be ready for a few months but you got to get this stuff ahead of time so i don't know when they'll be ready but um just know that the ball has has started to roll for uh for this project and uh, we're super excited like i I already have some things i want to talk to you about atlanta maybe we can do a little differently i have uh, a couple ideas i need to run by you oh yeah 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 are we gonna do the the podcast in vr (laughs) we're definitely not because i'll yak uh you could don't think you could do it i i probably could but uh i i have no desire to so there's that. <laughs> yeah, we can finally stop talking about the Kickstarter now. Yeah, no VR. No VR. All right, well, at least yeah. we've established that. We can throw that idea out the window. <laughs> no one wants to see us up close anyway. Yeah, I've been, ta- <laughs> I've been talking about that uh, bag, the Manal bag that I've had on order, and it came in, and I just wanted to share some thoughts on it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's It looks great. Um, I really love this bag. You know, I was looking around and, and like just look looking at some stuff and, and there may have been some bags that were better suited to the purpose that I had. Mm-hmm. But I wanted something that I that looked good to me as well. And and of everything that I found, um the Manal daily bag, which is what I picked up, it definitely looks the best to my eyes, you know, like for right. my aesthetic. So I'm really happy with that. Um it fits a ton of stuff. Like, I basically emptied out my uh, Topo Mountain briefcase. I was able to get everything in, and I have so much space left Mm. over. Um, It has loads of great little pockets, and I think it's the pockets that really help with that, right? Because you're able to kind of, even though it's a relatively similar-ish size, like footprint, it's maybe a little bit bigger, there's more stuff going on, right? There's more pockets on the front. It has like more pockets on the back where the like the laptop holder and stuff goes. Like there's just more happening. And also I bought like this little organizer thing for some cables and stuff. So that's kind of keeping things nice and out of the way. Um so I'm I'm very I'm very pleased with the way that the bag is able to 
take care of all of my items like in the way that I wanted it to. Um, one thing that is frustration for me, uh, but I was able to fix quite easily, was there's no real pen storage solution. Like there's mm. no little like little pockets for pens, right? Yeah, like, I know a guy. Well, see, this is the thing. <laughs> so I didn't really have anything that would like that I could clip pens inside of. Like the the Topo had those little, you know, like the little like finger sized. Yeah, pockets, so like a right? lot of lot of backpacks will come with like two to three just slots made for pens or flashlights, or just yeah. you know, like a little vertical slot. This one does not. So hmm. um, I decided that maybe I should just grab some of my knock cases, put my stuff in, and put the cases in the bag. So I did. So I'm using um, I am using a uh, lookout for three yes. of my pens, a little three pen holster. And I'm also using one that I don't know the name of because I don't think you make it anymore. So it's <laughs> like the high tower, but it's just got the two big pockets. Yeah, so for notebooks, right? Yeah. Yeah, so that was called the Mary Apple. Um, that was probably the simplest case we made in our original Kickstarter. Um, you know, that's something we wanted to do in the beginning, and then we ended up, you know, kind of um, cannibalizing that as we, you know, morph and change products, yeah. which is what you do. You know, things come and go. It's the least exciting of all the cases, yeah. right? Like, it's kind of sure. a boring one. It's just like this bifold with two huge pockets, right? Like, it's yeah. just not, it doesn't have the excitement of some of them. Like, it's just, it's pretty, it's, it's very simple. Yeah, that's like our discovery phase. We're getting our sea legs. What mm-hmm. do we want to do? What works? What doesn't? And, you know, you learn and get feedback um, when you when you produce things like that. So, yeah, we ended up discontinued it, discontinuing it because we had other options. But, um, you know, we still get people, um, you know, asking for that every now and then. I have realized, though, in doing this that what I actually need is a Sinclair. I don't own a Sinclair. <laughs> and now yeah. I'm going to get a Sinclair probably at the next at the next pen show because really all i need is a place for three pens and a couple of notebooks so i'm using two cases for that well that's that is what the sinclair is exactly for so i'm gonna i'm gonna get one of those yeah you should get one in atlanta oh wait hold on a second colt pens do the purple and brown one yeah yeah Hmm. (laughs) that's a good one i'm just saying you may have oh. to wait till Atlanta. All right, I'll wait till Atlanta then. Okay, well, I can wait. I can wait. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, this is the bag I was looking for. Like, this is the but, bag that I wanted. Um, it has so much space left over that I can fill up a bunch of stuff with for when I'm traveling. I'm looking forward to putting it through its paces, which will be in a few weeks when I go off to Ireland. So, uh, yeah, I'm pl- very pleased. Big thumbs up for this bag. It's very good mm-hmm. looking, very comfortable, uh, tons of space, tons of storage. It's perfect for me. Cool. Yeah, so I, I want to see it, and I want to see, uh, want to see how uh, all this stuff fits in. You will. So I last will. week on the show, you were being super cagey about the Kavecos that you bought, mm-hmm. right? You were kind of like, "Ah, I got these pens, and I, no, 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 I'm not really going to talk about them. Uh, I don't know what they are." And then refill, <laughs> refill comes out your members newsletter, and you've got all the beans, right? That you're spilling all over the place. Right. So I uh, put in the notes today that I wanted to hear about it, and then I think you took an Instagram photo of them so you could share what they actually really look like. And I wondered, you know, mm-hmm. what have you got to say about these vintage Kavecos? Yeah, so I, I like start getting a story in my head that I maybe want to tell on refill. And if, if you don't subscribe, like what I do is I, aside from like links and, you know, little short stories and stuff like that, I try to do like um, one big commentary or review. Yeah, a column, I guess. And it could be anything. It could be 
editorializing on something. It could be sharing an interesting product. It could just be telling a random story. Getting all fired um, up. Yeah, getting getting uh, agitated. Um, and just various different things. And so I always like to have that. Um, and this time I wanted to do it on the Caveco Sports that I bought in L.A. because I thought it was a good story to tell. Um, because it just kind of gives an in, some information about the buying process, um, which I kind of laid out there and how I bought the pins from Sarge and why did I buy the pins? Why did I pay the price that I bought them and things like that? But what it boils down to is these are some killer pins. So I bought two Cavecos. One is a sport model from 1949. So Caveco has this great history PDF. We should put this in the show notes, Mike. I'll put it in the uh, chat okay. room to where I could go through and find, based on the etching or the printing on my pen, which a lot of manufacturers used to do back in the day, like my Caveco Sport has on its barrel, it says 112A. So I could take that, go to this document and mm. get it exactly 112A to know when this pen was made. Um, so this the sport, like the Guyosh sport, was made from 1949. And I could find it exactly from there. Um, it's a piston filler. It looks exactly like the sport classics that you buy today. Except the huge difference is it's a piston filler. So that's what I like about these old Cavecos. Um, it has a little green ink window and a piston filler. The piston stopper is actually cork. So it's a really, really unique little pen. The nib is a steel nib, but it's a two-tone with like a gold um, overlay on the nib. This nib is one of the most fantastic nibs I've ever used for my handwriting style. It's a fine nib, but it's kind of sharp so I get a little bit of edge on the line like I'm going to take this I want someone to look at this nib and I want to make all my pens <laughs> right like this pen it's really cool I let Jeff uh, use it on Monday at the shop and uh, he really liked it too because he's a small small handwriter um, it was very very cool to use um, I've been carrying it a bunch I'm not without it right now oh really and uh, yeah yeah huh. it's great like I don't buy these pens this you know I'm not creating a museum you know well I know but like to you don't necessarily every single pen goes into the rotation and stays there and is like awesome you know what I mean like sure, it's not sure, always sure. like that well and it's still new too right so I'm mm -hmm. still getting used to it so I want to carry it Sure. You know, eventually it'll get uninked and sit for a little bit until I miss it and want to carry it again. But I, huh. I just love that model of the modern Cavecos anyway, and they're easy to carry in your pocket. And that's what I do. Like, I don't care that I paid like $200 for this pen. I'm going to use it how I want to use it. It's really, really cool for that. Um, like, if you picked it up, you would think it was like a modern interpretation of one of their old styles, but in actuality, it is one of their old styles. Um, the Pistons, a, a dead giveaway for that. The second one I picked up is also a sport, but it's a thinner profile sport with a hooded nib. And I've seen That's pictures of these because the blue ink window is stunning, right? Like, I wish the the older sport had the blue ink window instead of the green ink window, but, you know, that's picking nits. It just looks cool. So this one with... Um, the thinner barrel is also a piston filler and it's from 1970. So it's newer than the 
guilloche sport. And it this one is interesting because it's a 14 karat gold nib and mm-hmm. it's an oblique nib, mm-hmm. which looking at the Kaveco sport history, I'm able to pull it up. It says V19 right there etched on the barrel. So I can pull out all the details of this pen. They did so many different nib styles with a lot of their pens, all kind like three or four different obliques and stubs and italics. I mean, it wasn't uncommon for them back in the day to have 10 different nib styles. You know, like we look at Esterbrook as someone back in the day who had they had hundreds of different nib styles. You could just buy nibs and swap them out. Well, Kaveco was building pens with way more variety in um, nibs than they do these days, which you'll find from a lot of, uh, you know, historic um, historic models of pens, just because that's what people used every day. And there was more opportunity to sell those than, than there is today. But both of these pens were pristine, looked essentially brand new. They're really fun to write with. They're fun to kind of explore with right now. I actually, I love the fine steel nib in the sport, in the older sport, much more than the gold oblique nib. Um, They just feel completely different to me. Although the oblique nib is really, really cool to have. So yeah, I am thoroughly enjoying these pens. I will carry these with me a bunch because I just enjoy this shape and style of Kaveco. They're both piston fillers. I inked them both with Kaveco Blue Black. I just kind of want to see how they go so far. You know, but the first time I've had them inked up and carrying them around, you know, make sure they behave well, make sure that nothing silly's happened. Um, I did ink them up with water. One thing you can do with vintage pens, um, if you're unsure, is I inked them I filled them both with water and left them overnight to see if anything was leaking. You know, oh, these that's are really you know, smart. 60 and 80 year old pens, right? Just even though, you know, at the time they look good, they look like there's no issues with the pen. I still wanted to be sure because these are pocket pens for me, right? They're going straight in a pocket. I want to be sure nothing stupid happens. So I filled them both with water and left them overnight to see what would happen. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, dispelled the water, inked them up with ink, and they've been good to go ever since. You know, just a pretty face. Yeah, yeah. So I will be... These are Kaveco. Vintage Kaveco has always been on my radar because it's aesthetically pleasing to me. Um, The piston filling is just, uh, you know, cherry on top of the sundae, and I will be looking for more of these. But like I said, you can get them for cheaper online, but you know, you just always run that risk with vintage, not knowing what you're getting. And I felt comfortable paying the prices that I did, you know, because I was able to handle them in person. And, um, I'm going to very much be enjoying both of these pens and you will see them in a lot of my pictures going forward. They make me kind of sad. Yeah. Why? I wish that they still made piston filling sport models. <laughs> so I said that when yeah. I wrote up my article about it, I was like, you know, these were fantastic, but now Kaveco doesn't do that, and they've made terrible converters instead, which is just so far as a bad solution. Yeah, um, their converters but, are just know, hilarious, right? Like, I, I, oh yeah, they're just awful. Um, I would pay twice as much or more. I don't know what their price would have to be. To yeah, get yeah. a piston in the sport models, um, it could be pretty outrageous, but it might be worth it. I don't know. It's interesting. I mean, I pay I pay two hundred dollars for one and one hundred and twenty five for another one. So I'm obviously, you know, I would pay fifty or seventy five bucks for a regular new classic with a piston. Probably, I don't know. We'll see. I, I would be curious if they could do that. Um, they've made in the past 
few years, maybe five or 10 years ago, they've made some special additions in acrylic materials with pistons that I've seen. And I passed on buying them at the time because they were like $600 Whoa. Um, Whoa. with a gold nib. <laughs> well, they only, they'd make like a hundred of them and they yeah, have yeah. a gold nib and like that wasn't my, uh, I think that's out of my price appetite the time. for a Kaveco, honestly, like yeah. limited or yeah. not. Right. Right. So, so we'll see. I wonder if they, you know, if that was a test run, I've never seen it. I haven't seen anything recent come up with a piston, um, not even on the limited side of things. So we'll see. It'd be it'd be cool if they kind of experimented with that again to see what would happen. I'm certainly that has to be like in their, you know, planning for the next few years. You would you would think at least just certainly they're testing out pistons. If if I was Kaveco and I made pins, that's the pin I'd want to use, right? Yeah. So certainly they're at least playing around with it, and maybe something will happen. Who knows? All right, should we take a break? Yeah, let's take our first break. This week's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Pen Chalet. They are responsible for selling you all of the brands that you want and all of the pens and paraphernalia you're looking for. Maybe you want to go and get yourself a Caveco. I mean, not one of these classic ones, but you can go and get many Cavecos. They have a great selection there if you want to go wet your appetites. This is a pen that you don't own. Don't own any Cavecos. I recommend go taking a look because they are really great pens. They're fun pocket pens. And you can get them over at Pen Chalet along with many other brands like Pelican, Lamy, Namiki, Pilot, Sailor, so many more. They have all of the types of pens you're looking for, all of the refills, all of the carrying cases the pen holders the converters whatever it is that you're looking for they've got it they have great and fast reliable customer service they do loads of discounts they're on special discounts twice a month they have closeout specials every two weeks at pen chalet you will get free shipping on orders of over $50 in the United States, but they also sell internationally as well with very reasonable shipping rates and pen chalet as with all of their stuff they offer high quality with a 100% satisfaction guarantee. You want to go head over to penchalet.com right now. It's P-E-N-C-H-A-L-E-T.com right now. Click the podcast link at the top of the website. Enter the code PENADDICT for this week's special offer, and you'll get what you need, the, the special discount code to get 10% off anything at Pen Chalet. You'll find there once you use the PENADDICT secret word to get into the Pen Chalet secret area for PENADDICT listeners. <laughs> Uh, along with the code you need to save 10%, you will be able to take advantage of this week's special offer just for Pen Addict listeners, which is 40 to 50% off all Monteverde tool pens and pencils, which is a huge discount on a line that I'm not very familiar with, Brad. Yeah, I am. This is a legitimately cool pen. I have the yellow ballpoint on my desk right now, and I haven't reviewed it yet, but it's like in the review queue. These are like one of my favorite non-fountain pen pens, but surprisingly, and I didn't even know this, you can get it in a fountain pen. So this is the pen that you see online with the kind of the ruler marking up and down the pen. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. This is a, oh my God, the orange and black one? So yeah, I didn't get the, the orange and black one wasn't available at the time. I bought my yellow one. I bought the yellow one because that's kind of the traditional one for this style. They also do copper um, which I didn't even know was an option. I've never seen this pen before today. It's the Monteverdi Tool 60. It just comes in a ballpoint. The one with the one-touch stylus comes in ballpoint, fountain, and rollerball. Um, oh, and mechanical pencil, which that might be the most useful of the bunch. This is a very, very cool um, pen, pencil, fountain pen. 
the price is outrageous yep. and the colors available are really, really awesome. I might have to get another one. I haven't seen these copper ones, so I want to look at these. But um, this is this is one of those pens like you just kind of want one of to have because they're really nice. They write well. They have a little bit of extra functionality. They have the hex barrel style. It's just an all-around good-looking, good-performing pen. Uh, I highly recommend these. Uh, Ron at Panchalet also wanted me to give a shout out for their pen uh, ink, re- for their ink rewards program that they do, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. I didn't know about. Um, so it's probably good for me to mention it. So if you sign up at penchalet.com, uh, there's a, well, there, I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and take a look at the Penchalet ink rewards program. Basically, you sign up and you earn points for every ink that you buy, and then these points will then can be converted into more ink. Nice. I like so that. it's like a true rewards program. I had no idea they were doing this, but yeah, you can go sign up. I'll put a link in the show notes so you can go and check it out for yourself. But as they say, it's a fast and easy way to earn yourself some free ink. You order your favorite pens and inks, you get one point for every $10 you spend, and then you cash in points for free ink on your next order. Pretty sweet. Wonderful. So even more reasons, even more reasons to shop at Penchalet. Thank you so much for the continued support of this show. Thank you, Penchalet. Mm. So uh, last week we spoke about the crazy coloring uh, <laughs> webpage that mm. our f- new friend of the show, Alexander, put together. Um, and I just wanted to put a link in the show notes to three of the wi- weirdest and most wonderful uh, that we got in from uh, the listeners of the Pen Attic, from Lydia, Glenn, and Sean. Um, I'll put some links in the show notes to their incredible artwork uh, so you can check it out for yourself. So I want to mention one thing. If you scroll all the way to the bottom of Alexander's page, like I was making a comment how I thought the version 0.1 was funny. Um, 0.2 is already listed as upcoming in the release notes. So the new features for the <laughs> for the upcoming uh, crazy coloring is color book print option, fill and line color options, sponsored tool set. I don't know what that means. Eat. <laughs> Easter eggs and wider color selection. So this is serious business now, Mike. This is yep. uh, this is going to be a thing. So this is uh, this is wonderful. So thank you, Alexander, for putting this together. And uh, apparently, he's going to keep going with it. So this is this is hilarious. And the the images well we got last week were were awesome. And like you said, you put them in the show notes. So go check those out and keep sending them to us. It's amazing. Yep. Talk to me about Lamy, man. Yeah. So I don't know where to go with this i i kind of almost didn't want to mention it because i've only seen it once but there was some confirmation um this came up on the slack channel and there's a um let's see it's a uh, uk company called pure pens and they shared a notice in their newsletter that lami is discontinuing them so let me just read this from Pure Pens, yep. and we'll we'll take it from there. It says, we were extremely disappointed. This is from the Pure Pens newsletter. Um, so it says, we were extremely disappointed to be informed by Lamy that in their new terms and conditions for 2017, sales of their pens would be restricted only to retailers with a presence on the high street. Unfortunately, as an online retailer with a limited amount of calling in-person customers this means that once our current stock of lami products have been exhausted we will no longer be able to order any further items from their range so i don't think we need to the the rest of it's just saying we have a bunch of lami in stock and no worries so 
this is interesting. Um, you know, um, like Goulet pens chimed in on the Slack saying we've reached out to Lamy. This doesn't affect us at all. So this is the, the Mont Blanc, um, way of retailing that you have to have a brick and mortar store to carry our products, which coming from Lamy is extraordinarily strange. Why doesn't it affect Goulet? Well, I, I wonder if Lamy is beating about around the bush with pure pins directly. I think like, that I wonder they, if like, it's something like it's a one-off thing. Yeah. And that was the reasoning they gave them, except that reasoning doesn't apply to everybody. I feel like it is a reason they might throw out when they want to get rid of a specific retailer. Right, right. Which I don't know anything about pure pins. Tony is saying maybe it's UK only. Yeah, because I mean, I don't know if you know, I don't know if pure pins directly translated Lamy's, but they say High Street. I don't know if Lamy came out and said High Street, you know, which is which would you would say that as a uh, UK number one brick yep. and mortar uh, physical store location, number two in a you know retail shopping area, essentially, right? Yeah. So it, it's just a super weird email. It feels very one offy to me, not a Lamy policy thing to me. So, and it could just be country based, like you're saying, but for a brand like Lamy, that just makes zero sense. So, I don't know. I don't want to say too much about it. I will say that in the UK, Lamy have very strong presence in high street brands. Very strong. Mm. Um, if there is a store that sells any type of half decent pen, they always have a huge Lamy collection. So, okay. like, uh, like department stores, like John Lewis and such. Um, you've got stores like WH Smiths, which are like a stationer and a, like a magazine mm-hmm. store, that kind of thing. They will sell them. Um, card stores, like green, like fancy greens card stores, like Paper Chase. Mm-hmm. Uh, they will always have Lamy's. So like, oh, interesting, because like our pa- Paper Chase type stores usually don't. Yeah, Lamy are all over the place on the high street here. Um, mm-hmm. So it could be. It could be that they want to restrict and, and try and do something there. Or, as we say, it could be, which it feels more like to me, that like for whatever reason, and I, I don't know Pure Pens. Um, I've, honestly, yeah, I I've never heard of them, uh, unfortunately. I hope that they continue to do well. Um, but maybe they were trying to get out of that relationship for whatever reason and are using some kind of like arcane, use it when you need it policy mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which also wouldn't surprise me yeah so interesting i wonder if, if does lami have new management or something because they've been doing some weird things recently could be i don't, I could don't know be. like in the past year they've been a weird company like we usually don't have to talk about them unless they're int- introducing some new product um that we want to talk about but they're doing weird stuff here well they could just be going through some stuff we don't know about right yeah you yeah. know who so knows? i don't want to i don't want to make too big of a deal of, of this but i thought it was interesting to at least mention um but it doesn't sound like it's a sweeping kind of thing it just like you no. say it sounds like uh we have this thing that's here when we need it and in this case we're implementing it because so, it would be knows? crazy for them to do that right like that would oh, not be a absolutely. good business move it would not be a good business move even remotely like and i feel like that they would know that right like right this right is the thing right this is the thing that, that i think about a lot you know like a lot of what i do uh for a living now is critically looking at other companies and trying to understand the way that they do things that they do, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I often think to myself, like, I'm sure they know, right? Like, we can look at it and be like, oh, this is what we think would be a good idea. This what would, it wouldn't should be a good idea. But honestly, like, they know their data. 
And as long right. as they're a half sensible company, they should be able to make decisions based on that data. So yes, yeah, like I I say it all the time that the companies know better than I do. You know, yeah. doesn't mean they're making the correct decision in my mind or you know whatever. They have more you know, information based on my analysis, yeah. but they have the information. They know better than we do what their business is. Mm-hmm. So we can, you know, postulate all we want. We don't know. We're just guessing, you know, um, but they, they've just done a lot of weird things recently. So I, I'm guessing this is just like a one-off, not a big deal kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, it doesn't suit Lamy as a brand to move to strictly brick and mortar operations based no. on the volume of online sales for their price points around the world it makes no business sense but whatever yeah i do apply that like company knows best thinking to anything that would be data related um so Mm -hmm. like i do this for for companies like apple but when it's like a a, an idea of taste then Mm -hmm. i sometimes will think that i know better like for example using lamy right Mm -hmm. their uh anniversary 2000 Mm -hmm. well i think they made the i think we, we all agree here they made the wrong decision there Right. Just making it that, that darker silver color. Yeah, and that bore out in the end, yeah. right? They, they can't sell them, so, which surprises me, but um, doesn't surprise me at the same time. As Glenn says, they, they may know their data. It doesn't mean they know how to read it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, anyway, I, I just thought that was interesting. It was worth pointing up, but I don't think it's worth making a big deal about um, until they really take some aggressive actions, and I don't see that happening. So, um, this next one, this one looks uh, right up your alley, it's right Mike. Up my street. Yep. I've this is this, this is this really week. cool. Yeah, we got this this link a bunch. The new Statler uh, stylus in mm-hmm. the uh, traditional pencil designs. So why don't you talk about this real quick? So Samsung have. Um, I love this headline, by the way. Samsung Statler stylus is roughly five thousand times more awesome than the Apple pencil. <laughs> take, I'm yeah. going to take that straight up with a grain of salt. Like that is a that is a very opinionated headline from yeah. the Verge um, on yeah. this one, uh, especially considering Vlad, the the writer of the piece, says that he sees mm-hmm. no interest in using any of these types of products. But like, <laughs> hey ho, we'll just oh. overlook all of this. Um, yeah. Samsung, uh, they have announced a couple of tablets this week. Um, and with these tablets, they, they have a stylus that they call the S Pen. Well, they've been working with Statler to create a, a limited edition S Pen uh, that looks just like the classic yellow and black Statler pencil, which is called the Norris. Um, Norris so this right. stylus that they've worked together to create will be called the Norris Digital. Um, and it's colored black and green rather than black and yellow to differentiate it which I found interesting. At first, I thought they just got the color wrong, which is kind of funny, because it's, yeah. not, it's not a massively different color green. I feel like they maybe should have tried to differentiate it a little bit, a little bit mm. more, but this is where they went with it. It looks good, though. Um, apparently, it's the same size and weight as the pencil, but they've, they've taken some time in trying to get the balance in it. I'm Again, I really want to see some technical specifications. I can't imagine it's the exact same weight as the pencil. Um, it may be weighted like a pencil in some way, but like I can't see how this thing, which is going to have a battery in it and mm. some electronics, could be as light as the as the pencil. So again, I take so much of this this reporting with a grain of salt. But what I can say is that it does look awesome, and it's a really fun thing. Like I would love something like this for my Apple pencil. Like I already right. put 
decals and stickers on mine to give them a little bit more life because it's just more fun. And this is more fun than than the Apple Pencil because it looks like an actual pencil. And uh, yeah, I, I like it. I think it's a really good idea. I think it's a fun thing to do as a limited edition. There's no details on price or availability, but it comes in a package with two two actual pencils in it as well. Yeah, I think it looks super cool. I mean, how can you not like something like this? Yeah. I mean, it, it, it goes back to what we're saying about analog tools in this digital age they're still very important and just to have that aesthetic and a partnership with a traditional brand like statler that's been making you know products for who knows how long um i it's just it's absolutely freaking cool so yeah love it so i've put a link in the show notes to uh, dbrand and to mm-hmm. slick wraps because mm-hmm. they are the companies that I buy my uh, decals, the decal stickers for my Apple Pencils, where I have one that looks like a HP pencil, like the yellow with the, mm-hmm. with the pink eraser, and I have one that looks like a green Crayola crayon for oh, my nice. Apple Pencils. So I put yep. those in the show notes if you do want to add a little bit more fun to your Apple Pencil if you have one. Yeah, so please don't buy that stupid leather one that was... Um, oh. That came out last week, or like I just know it from Tools and Toys, which I love those guys, and this isn't a knock on them. The product looks ridiculous. Like, this is like hipster gone too far. It's disgusting. With your your dumb leather. This is the something and quill. Pad and quill. Is that the name of the company? Sure. I I don't even care. And people are sending me this, like, oh, look at this. Like, it is (laughs) ugly as sin. Like, it's hideous. I don't know why anybody would want to put this on their Apple Pencil. Like,. Oh, my God. The leather Apple Pencil clip. It's like these two pieces of leather with a clip on it. Like, it is... It is not... It is... No. It's just... I, no way. Not for me. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that, too. I was like... First, I was like, oh, this is awful. And then I, I kept looking at it. It's like, I'm missing something, right? Yeah. And then the more I looked at it, I was like, nope. It's just legitimately awful. Like, I don't know why people would want this. Like, it's huge. Like, I'm bulky. Yeah, not not for me. Not for me. I appreciate what they're trying to do. Um, this is the thing. Like, all of these products, like, all of the products that I've seen for to, for accessories for the Apple Pencil, they're usually not mm. very good. Like, people that have tried to make, like, uh, clips to go on it, they tend not to yeah. be very good quality. Like, this is just a product that, I think is fine on its own, right? Um, right? I mean, I add my own little touches to it, which I think work perfectly. So, like, I add sure. a term clip to it, um, mm-hmm. which I'll put in the show notes, and that is that solves basically 90% of the problems. Gives me someone right. a clip, it stops it from rolling. Um, right. And I also, you know, I, I attach the... Uh, oh, no, it's a Fisher Space Pen clip. I've used a term pen is. loop gotcha. um, to, to, to attach it to my iPad. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I'll tell you what I'll do I will put a link in the show notes to the blog post that I wrote <laughs> which has all of my oh, little additions gotcha gotcha I thought you were saying you were going to link to this leather abomination oh I have no. linked to it so people can go and see it but I oh that's fine I really don't want people to buy it because <laughs> it's yeah it not for me I'm afraid I'm sorry I guess at right. some point soon uh, the Apple Pencil 2 will come out Right, like there, there will be another one, and uh, you can let me write a review for you again. Maybe? Of course, but I mean, okay, let's sidetrack this whole entire podcast right now. What would you change? Uh, I mean, what, what's going to make it better? So, personally, for me, uh, I would like some design changes. So, I think they they really should find some way to stop the thing from rolling. The weight that they put in it is not is not good enough. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they could put a clip on it, or they could they could put a flat side on it, or they could just put a roll stop on it. Frankly, okay, you know, like okay. that the little metal band that they put on the top could have a roll stop on it. Um, I think honestly, I, I still stand by this. I think that they should make uh, they should make one out of aluminium, um, mm. and they should still have a, a plastic one available, but there should be a more expensive one made out of aluminium because it would look amazing. And why not? I have so many pens made out of aluminium. <laughs> I think they could do with making it a bit shorter. Um, and I actually think, I personally think they're going to make two models. I think they're going to make a tall one and a big one. Mm. A tall one and a small one, I should say, uh, because I think they're going to introduce it for the uh, iPad mini. And I'm still kind of holding out that they might they might use it on the iPhone at some point. I don't know. Um, but I think if you, I don't think that the big Apple Pencil would work very well, like aesthetically with the Mini. So I think there might be a couple of versions. But yeah, better battery life um, because it, it needs because that's lot what of you do. Yep, better battery life. Uh, I think they should have some aesthetic changes. Um, and honestly, I would like to see them maybe go a little bit further and maybe actually add an eraser on the thing. You know, gotcha. like a, an yeah. extra capacitive button or something on the end, which which can function right. as an eraser. So I think there's a lot of places they can go with it. Um, yeah, but from a design I'm glad perspective, I asked you this question. There you go. From a design perspective, I think they they mostly knocked it out of the park first try. But I think there's just some tweaks they could make. To... Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. Staying on the uh, the the digital path, maybe mm-hmm. eventually you can use your Apple Pencil with the new Bullet Journal Companion app. Um, as I sat down to get ready for today's show, I was scrolling Twitter because Mike was late. And I was not late. <laughs> I was not late. Like maybe like thirty seconds late. So you were late. Come on, really? So, like, in the 30 <laughs> seconds that I was late, you decided, oh, let me go and open Twitter and start scrolling through Twitter, and oh, here's the thing, and no. I can... No, I will not accept this. No, I was, like, 10 minutes early, so there I set up, go. and I started scrolling through Twitter, and I saw a post from Ryder Carroll, hey, we just launched the Bullet Journal Companion app. I don't have a lot to say about this yet, because I don't... I haven't looked at the details, but I did buy it. It's two ninety nine. Cool. Um, just to play around with it, see what it's about. So maybe we'll have some more on that um, next week. And I didn't forget that I promised to get Ryder back on the show. So while I was waiting, while I was early and Mike was not late, I made a list of all the people I need to have interviews with on the show. So when I'm done today, emails will go out and I will start scheduling this because I'm being asked a lot um, to get certain people on. And I've been promising, you know, like Ryder and CW Pencils and Matt Armstrong. And we got to get Anna back on before the Atlanta Pen Show. So I have a lot of uh, interviews to schedule in the in the coming months. So I'm going to start working on that. But I just want to throw that out there for all you bullet journalers there is a now a companion app for um your your digital lifestyle as well as your analog look at that beautiful mm-hmm. all right let me take a break uh by the way we do still have brad's review of the new field notes coming up that's that is coming up don't worry we yes haven't forgotten about it it's no. happening it's gonna happen don't worry it's just, gonna happen just chill all right just chill This week's episode is brought to you by Harry's. Harry's was started by two guys, Jeff and Andy, who were fed up of being overcharged for razors, so they decided to go out and fix it. They bought a factory with 100 years of blade-making experience so they could make their own high-quality product and sell it online and then ship them direct for half the price. With Harry's, you pay just $2 a blade compared to the 4 that you pay elsewhere. 
especially at the drugstore. Harry's razors include everything you need for a close, comfortable shave. They have a weighted ergonomic handle, five precision-engineered blades of a lubricating strip and trimmer blade, and they also come with a travel blade cover as well, so you've got everything you need to take your kit on the road. They also sell all the extras that you want, like amazing shave gel or cream. Now, before the show, Brad said, is Harry sponsoring today? I have a story. So, over <laughs> to you, Brad Dowdy. So, th- you think I make this stuff up, but this is, <laughs> <laughs> this is how my life is. It's it's just funny. Like, I get a, the biggest kick out of it. So, Yesterday afternoon, I'm getting in the car with the kids. One's going to guitar practice. The other one's going to baseball practice. So Tyler is my son. And he just, like, we're in the car, still in the driveway. He goes, Dad, how old do you have to be to start shaving? And I was like, okay, this is this could be interesting. And I told him, I said, I don't know, 15 or so. It just depends on, you know, when you're starting to get, you know, the little fuzzies on your on your chin and you you want to shave them off and he's he's asked a couple questions about that he's like do you think i can get a harry's shave kit when i'm ready to start shaving like he literally said harry's shave kit he didn't he didn't say can i get one of those razors that you use he said when can i get a harry's shave kit or can i get a harry's shave kit when i start shaving and i just started busting out laughing i'm like oh i'm like yeah buddy you can get one he's like cool I'll start saving now. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you don't have to do that, buddy. I'll get you one when it's when it's time for you to start saving. He's like, oh, okay, yeah, I want one of those Harry's shave kits. So, I mean, it's just hilarious. I mean, uh, I, I just find it so funny. But you know, Harry's is part of my life now. When it's that good of a product, you know, I'm just going to use it. And so will your children. Yeah, out. <laughs> my daughter already does. So, my whole family is in. Look at that. The whole fan, the whole daddy clan is in on the Harry's brand. Harry's is so confident in the quality of their blades that they want you to go out and try it for yourself for free. Just go to harrys.com slash penaddict right now and you'll claim your free trial set that comes with a razor handle of your choice, a five-blade cartridge, and shaving gel. All you need to do is pay the shipping. That is harrys.com slash penaddict to claim your free trial set. Thank you so much to Harry's for their support of this show and Relay FM. So one thing before we get onto this this next topic, um, we have the Jack m4 in the chat room today and he mentioned something to me that he's working on he asked me if he could work on it and i'd like to get your feedback on this mike there is a pen addict reddit board okay reddit channel what do we call these like i'm not like a super reader subreddit there is a pen addict subreddit and he has put a lot of work into like skinning it redesigning it um getting it ready he puts like um you know he posts the show um, recaps on there. He'll post other things, and oh, good. I haven't. Yeah, it looks great. He did a really good job. So I wanted to throw that out there that there is a Panatic subreddit. Um, I haven't been very active in it. I'll pop in you know, maybe once a month. If but if this becomes a thing, I'm happy to like get in there and and mix it up. I know you've found you know a little bit with this with Cortex, right? I mean, because yep. CGP Gray has such a massive following, and you've kind of gotten into the Reddit thing. Reddit's not been one of those things that I get into if someone sends me a link i'll go look and i always enjoy like bouncing around um the reddit the subreddit for fountain pens is awesome i mean it's got a huge huge following so you know we could make the uh panatic reddit a thing and I think uh, we should. I, i'd be happy to get into it so i just uh, subscribed thank you. to the subreddit so now it's in yes. my it's it's one of like the three subreddits that i'm subscribed to it's all i do yeah. is look at my own subreddit so i subscribe to that's my only thing with reddit right so yeah i'm so uh, yeah this is great 
So yeah, I should start doing that more. So thank you, user sort of Bravos, which, you know, that immediately when he emailed me, I'm a I'm a Game of Thrones fan. Um, and speaking of which, I have something to tell you offline about that. Sorry, uh, listeners. I got something cool to say about that. But uh, he he sent me a message in Reddit that probably sat there for like a month before I responded because I never log in. And uh, so, yeah, he's got this going. So thank you very much. And, you know, if this becomes a thing, uh, it, it would be cool. And you're a moderator of the of the Reddit, right? Yeah, yeah. So I created it back in the day. Ah, so okay. like a lot years ago, but never did anything with it. I was, it's just one of those things where you do... Um, you know, Protecting claim your name kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, I should do that. So I did it and then never really did anything with it. But uh, yeah, it's cool. So yeah, everyone's talking in the chat room. I'm not like ignoring the the Game of Thrones Montegrappa pins, but we'll talk about those another time. But it's actually something more awesome than that. So I should move on before I get in trouble. I'm making um, you a put, note to ask you about this later on. I don't know what's yeah. going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the jet... Pins blue black sampler. You put this in the show notes. Actually, yep. I meant to put this in the show notes, but uh, I was kind of surprised you did. So, what do you want to know about this review I did on Monday? Because this is something like I can really get behind. So, from what I can gather, you basically you pay and they send you a bunch of pens, right? Like right. just a whole big bunch of pens. And I wondered, like, if you could explain why you think someone should get something like this, and if they're good mm-hmm. value for money. Um, so to answer the second one easily, um, it's, it's definitely good value for money. You're not saving a ton, but you do get a little bit of a break. Um, if you buy like a batch of pens together, but what jet pens has done and a lot of companies do this is they, um, curate a set of pens that meet a specific parameter. Um, it could be a very broad parameter, black ink pens, or it could be a very specific parameter, sketch noting pens. Um, and there's a whole range of these things. Um, I, of course, uh, am a blue-black ink fan, and so I thought it would be cool to see what I thought about one of their blue-black ink samplers. Um, and there is actually a separate blue-black gel ink sampler that's only gel pens, but the one I have is just the regular sampler, which has liquid ink pens, um, art pens, fountain pens, different things like that. So it's cool to see what types of pens are out there that you may have not used before that may suit your needs. Um, getting a range of this might make you understand the different properties of gel ink and rollerball liquid ink. Um, you know, and this is just, I, I think it's a neat way to just try a bunch of things. Like, you know, this is how I started, you know, figuring out what I liked, I would just, I would go and buy, you know, 10 or 15 different pens because you can get them for like three bucks each. You're not out a lot of money if there's one you don't like, and then you might discover something that really, really suits your style. Yep. So, you know, if I was putting to, like, I took this, um, sampler kit from the aspect, if I, you know, reviewed everything in it as it related to everything else in it, um, and then what I would do to change it. So I thought it was it was really well done. You know, if I was making my perfect blue black kit along these guidelines of the Jet Pens Blue Black Ink Sampler, I would have changed a couple of things. But overall, it's a really good kit. Um, it has some of my favorite pens on it. You know, I've always wanted to do like the top five pen sampler kit. You know, I think that would be a cool thing to do. Um, I've talked about doing that for years. It's just hard to to put that to put that all together um and it gives people an idea this is what you should expect from a good pen and you can measure those things 
with other pens that you may already have and figure out the differences because there's so many minute differences between individual pens. Like that's something I focus on and that's something I can see like really quickly. What's the difference that not, you know, just anyone who's not into pens, they would think it's just a pen. Um, I can see like the, the minutia in it. Like everyone who's listening to the show can probably see the minutia in and what makes these tiny differences between pens that may work better for you than certain other pens. So I just, I'm, I'm a big fan of this kit type of setup. Yeah. So I wondered though, when you're done with this, do you not just end up with like a bunch of extra pens you don't want? Uh, kinda. I mean, in in all these cases, I mean, there's so many good ones. I'll use all these and there's maybe like two or three that I won't necessarily use frequently. Okay. Like the, the micron is such a wide tipped micron, which I made a a point of talking about in the article, even though I love that pen and love that color, I'm just not going to use it because it's so wide. Mm -hmm. Um, but like it has a juice, it has two high tech C's and it has a DX. And even if I don't use those pens, I'll use all those refills in something. Okay. Right. I will use the Platinum Preppy all the time. I keep a Platinum Preppy on my desk because it always writes whenever I want it. They will interest me more from these, mm-hmm. like the, the, what, what I think is, is maybe cooler um, than just the, the pure, like, I want to get a blue-black pen. Is like the brush pens or the drawing pens yeah sets because they're maybe like it's less the color but more like the performance that you're looking for like yeah what type of drawing pen am i interested in that kind of thing and and they do those as well which i i think is is a maybe a, a more interesting at least for me uh, if i was you know if i wanted to get a pen like that this is a great way to get that right so the uh the brush pen one is cool because there's a, such a wide range of brush tips from super fine and firm to just very, very soft and flexible and wide. So there's a there's a huge range in brush pens. And the one I men- mentioned earlier, this there's actually a sketch note one that comes with a notebook. That's like brush pen, gel pen, pencil. Like it's, it's a really well done kit. So yeah, things like that I, I really enjoy. Cool. All right, then come on, let's do it. Uh, let's talk about the field notes, the new field notes. So the right, utility so the, edition. I don't have mine. Okay, that was my first question because we didn't talk before the show. I didn't know if yours arrived yet. So the utility edition has caused lots of conversations on the internet um, from all the fans of Field Notes, myself included, about some quality issues. So what I noticed the all the pictures of were kind of blown out corners on the exterior cover. Um, usually on the bottom, but some on the top as well, where you see the cover splitting mm-hmm. um, while the essentially the notebooks are still in the package or freshly unpackaged. You see some damaged corners where on the staple side of the cover um, and it's unmistakable. There's definitely an issue with a lot of these notebooks that I started to see pictures of. Um, so and everyone's kind of on the same page as the cause like the first thing that comes to mind is the 70 pound paper so when you put that thick of a paper in a paper cover with three staples on it there's you're getting close to like the maximum stress point of a 48 page staple bound notebook so they've done this in the past and it wasn't as noticeable as this time 
And I'll, I'll never forget when Chad Doan first started making his pocket notebooks. Like the first product he came out with was his large legal pads. And then eventually he made a pocket notebook. The first ones he'd made were 70 pound paper. And he immediately switched on the next run because it's just too darn thick. Um, and it causes these types of issues, it essentially bursting at the seams. So Field Notes has gotten away with this in the past because the covers weren't as delicate. It's not the right word, but when you print black ink over a bright yellow color, any flaw is going to be glaring. So I don't mind like the fuzziness of the corners like you see in notebooks. You've probably seen it in past editions. You've probably seen it for years. That's just going to happen. What I do mind is when people's covers are split like up to the staple from the production. That's a definite problem. And those are not notebooks that I felt should have shipped from the printer, which brings along the second issue. They made 105,000 notebooks for this print run to quality control that (laughs) it's probably, I mean, it's, I don't want to say it's non-existent, but it's very minimal for that quantity. I'm guessing from the printer's perspective, they're printing, they're stapling, they're shrink wrapping and they're going. And unless there's some hugely, you know, out of line flaw, they're probably going through. It's a crap ton of notebooks, and that's not an excuse, right? That's it's definitely not an excuse because, along with the corners blowing out, along with the increased print run and quality control, they've increased the price. So, I've been saying this ever since their first price increase. When is the price increase going to become a thing? Because no one cared until now. Now, people are seeing. Hey, my notebooks aren't as nice as I'm used to seeing from field notes from a quality perspective, and I'm paying more. So like the and I'm paying more didn't matter when everything came out really nicely. So it's like a culmination of things. So not only were people seeing the corners split, the rounding of the corners was not as clean as they're used to from field notes. I I think that's an issue. I I don't know what your opinion is of this, but I'm in agreement with the people who have problems with this particular release not being quality controlled like we would expect from a brand that has built a certain level of confidence in their quality in all of their customers. So what do you, I mean, what do you think? I don't have them, mm-hmm. right? So I can't, I can't express my feelings about mm-hmm. the notebook itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen pictures. I've seen your pictures. The pictures yeah, so that mine, you, I had no issues with mine. Yeah, the pictures that you have, that doesn't bother me. So like you can right. see on the me four neither. corners picture, like it's frayed at the end. It's like, okay, whatever. And as you say, like you're only really seeing it paying attention to it because you're seeing yellow pop through the black mm-hmm. which isn't a thing that you they usually have right so they mm-hmm. may be done like that A hundred and five thousand notebooks i mean my thing about this is the quality control how how can you do that like 
Right. How c- it's not possible right. to check all of these notebooks. So I'm kind of of the feeling of like, I can't be mad at that personally mm-hmm. because right. it's impossible to do. Right. right. Like, you can't have someone checking every notebook that goes out. Now, right. there are clearly, there have been some issues where the notebook is effectively ruined, right? The cover. But I believe that field notes would replace those without a question. Yeah, and they so, have. Yeah, so in that instance, I'm like, well, I can't. I'm not mad about that, right? Right, right. And I think to myself, okay, so the price has gone up, but like, I, I don't really have an opinion on it. I, I mean, I'm not annoyed well, I, about I, it. Uh, right. It doesn't frustrate me. The price has gone up because it's a supply and demand issue. They always sell out, so why would you not put the price up? They're still being as ambitious as they ever were. And maybe in this one, they made some decisions that maybe have highlighted some things that are always there, but people don't usually notice it. But now they're noticing it, mm-hmm. they think it's an, a problem. And I get it, like because right. if people don't feel like they're getting what they're paying for, fine. But like just mm-hmm. looking at what I've seen, I mean, ugh, I love Field Notes. I love the Panatic community, but there are parts about the Field Notes <laughs> community that really gets me sometimes mm-hmm. um yeah. and and i get frustrated about it i do too i mean but i i do see when it like it's hard like <laughs> my quote all the time is manufacturing is hard yeah but you also don't want to make excuses for companies either right no they like people who get a ripped cover before they even open their package that shouldn't happen. No, but, it shouldn't happen. But but it will happen point, with one hundred and five thousand yes, notebooks. Like your leverages go up. Right, right. I guarantee it's going to happen. So the things, <laughs> the things that we get bent out of shape about are funny, right? And I'm as guilty as anybody. And uh, you know, but it, yeah, I don't have an answer. But I think this was just a culmination of a lot of things coming to a head. Like, it's it's not one thing. It's a lot of things that made this one stand out. Um, you know, I did want to link to a really good review uh, at leadfast.org. Um, kind of says kind of everything that we're talking about here. You know, it's just when you get this thickness of paper with this color of cover, with this level of print run and price increase on top of it. All those subscribers don't have the price increase thing, but it's, it's used as uh, a thing, you know, the, it's like the spotlight. They, they just have the spotlight on them now. Right. So it's, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I laugh, but then I also get agitated too, but, um, it, it's funny. So on that note, let me just talk about the book itself from a, a usability perspective. So Look, just quickly before we move on, yeah, yeah. I just want to state like, Field Notes is one of the companies that I love the most. I have an incredible bias for them. Like, I just want oh. to say that, right? Like, well, well so, do, so do I, but that yeah. doesn't exempt them from, you know, being called out when they it need to be. It doesn't, but I just wanted to say it because, you know, I don't oh, know sure. if I'm less harsh on them. Um, well, no, I mean, people will will say we're biased because we're friends with them. But, yeah. like, I want to be able to have difficult discussions with my friends and remain friends. I think that's what makes a good friendship. Yep. So, I mean, if you and I disagree, we're going to fight about it. But doesn't mean we're not friends anymore. No. 
Yeah, well, so, I mean, we do disagree on things. But like, I just feel that like at the end of the day, if you have a problem and they don't fix it, then that's a problem. But if you right. have a problem and they fix it, then it's fine, in my opinion. Sure, and, I think it's fair. And I, knowing them, knowing that company and the way they operate, I'm very confident they will fix any problems. Yes. And, yeah. you know, 105,000 of anything is a lot of something. And right. there are going to be problems when you, when you go to that sort of level. So Right, right. So... All right, on to like the review proper. My notebooks had, I didn't feel my notebooks had any issues whatsoever that's being discussed online. That's why I wanted to post my pictures. Like I'm not hiding anything. I ripped open both of my, both of my uh, um, two packs Mm -hmm. and posted all the corners of them. Are they like laser cut clean? Of course not. But, um, and should you have an expectation of that? No, but you should have an expectation of they're not damaged before you start using them. You want to damage them yourself. You know, we're all going to use these. So that's why I threw it immediately in my back pocket, carried it in my back pocket for two days. I mean, aside from the butt curvature, it looks exactly like I took it out Mm -hmm. of, of the package. There's no, you know, no additional tearing, ripping, anything going on. The back cover is weird in this instance and they had to do it for this pop-out ruler design that they did so there's like a one-eighth inch indent or shortness of the back cover so the back edge of the notebook is exposed i don't think it's going to make any difference it's a little weird looking but i don't have an issue with it um the ruler's cool um i do like i said i've used the ruler in their regular notebooks before um the paper I don't like as much as I thought I would like reading the specs of it. It's a little rougher than I thought. It's got some tooth. It's great for pencil. It's actually decent for fountain pens. Like my fine nib fountain pens work really well and it can handle a decent amount of ink. That's what the 70 pound paper is going to get you. But what I didn't like was my micro gel ink pens. When you have a toothier paper, those really micro tip gels don't work as well in my opinion. So this is, uh, a good addition, um, not going to be like an all-timer. Like that's the standard that we hold field notes up to, right? Which is unfair. Like what's the best edition ever? But um, it's really good. I love the colors. The colors came out great. The I've us- I'm using the um, the graph one. Um, I may not even use the ledger one. I don't know. I'll probably give yeah. this to my kids or yeah. something. But yeah, it's um, it's a good it's a good addition. Like um. Jenny, uh, who is in the chat room, and I um, commiserated on Twitter, like, why is Shenandoah still available? (laughs) Like, I would pick Shenandoah over this. Like, I know me and Jenny are in the minority on that one. But Shenandoah is kind of like my field notes expectation, right? Anything else I get is a bonus. And when they blow my mind with like a lunacy where they've taken all these extra details and, you know, built something great, that's like the mind blower. Shenandoah is my expectation. Um, of what the Field Notes brand is. So the issue in the at the end of the day is, am I going to use this notebook? And that's where the trouble lies for me, just as a Field Notes fan. I have other compelling notebooks now to use. That doesn't change what Field Notes going to do. But when I have an exquisite product like the right notepads in the pines, which I haven't shut up about since it came out and it's sitting right next to my utility. I'll never pick up the utility. I just won't. 
because I have an option. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's um, the right notepads is a, we use these notebooks because they give us a sense of enjoyment. So when I pick up a notebook, I want to enjoy using it for what it is. And then I don't want to have to think about the notebook while I'm using it. I just know it's going to be an enjoy enjoyable experience for what I'm throwing at it from an ink perspective and out of my head. I love what right notepads is doing and they have that refinement right now that a smaller shop allows you to have. So, you know, you can't compare a one-on-one issue. You can't necessarily compare companies, but I do have a choice. And, you know, when I get the utility and see it and I like it, and then I have in the pine sitting right next to it, I'm not compelled to pick up the utility edition. So I don't know what that means. I do know that there is this competition out there from all other makers too. I mean, knock makes notebooks. That's my favorite notebook personally, but it doesn't have like the exposure that the subscription services do because we don't do that. But you know, like I'm not jumping up and down to use this utility edition like I was, say, Lunacy mm-hmm. or say some of these other ones, but I don't expect to either, right? No, There's also I, an expectation. I, I buy a, a quarterly subscription and I expect to adore to like one and kind of be like, okay, on the other one. Yeah. And, and yeah. that's kind of how it's been and I'm cool with that, right? Because right. honestly, like I could just buy all the packs, but I like the surprise, you know? That's that's what's the most fun about this what fields notes does is fun and it's we've said it since probably the beginning since we started this podcast they're not necessarily making products for our stationary needs like our as in like the panatic community because we use lots of weird pens and pencils and things you know they package a big stick you know with their product that's what they believe that's the you know, the origination of the product and they ship pencils with their product. Those are the things that those are their goals in making a representative notebook to their brand and utility really nails that, you know, um, people's quality issues aside, utility is a very field notes release, right? I mean, I think it's kind of like their aesthetic, their style, their feel. That's why I reference back to the Shenandoah last episode and in this episode, it's very, very cool. But am I going to use it? Like, what am I going to do with this notebook? I don't know. So, but I, I, I do like the risks that they take. And I'm thankful that they exist as a company and they do such good things and they do really good work. Um, I think we're, I don't know that we're hitting peak field notes. That maybe have been long ago, but these print runs keep getting huger. And uh, you, you wonder... You wonder, uh, you wonder what's next, but uh, they do keep delivering so far. Like you said, uh, three out of the four times, <laughs> we're usually pretty happy. I'll let you know when I get mine, what I think. Yes, yes, I would like to know what you think. So hopefully you'll probably get them this week. Maybe. So un- unfortunately for uh, all our listeners, we're going to have to hear this again next week. But that's what we do. 
<laughs> this episode of the Pen Addicts brought to you by Blue Apron, the number one recipe delivery service that has the freshest ingredients. Blue Apron's mission is to make incredible home cooking accessible to everyone while also supporting a more sustainable food system. They set the highest standards of quality for their ingredients. And let me talk about what they do here. Their beef, chicken, and pork comes from responsibly raised animals. Their produce is sourced from farms that practice regenerative farming. And their seafood is sourced sustainably under standards developed in partnership with the Monterey Bay Aquarium Seafood Watch. Not only is your food good, like the food you can get, the, the ingredients are good quality. They also come from a good place, right? They're a company that, like, they help put back what they take. And and I think that, that is, that's, co- mm. that's good to know, especially a company that is doing this stuff en masse, right? They could take big chunks out of this stuff and just leave it there if they want to. But they do. They, they look at places where what they make will be replaced, and, and I think that's pretty important. For less than $10 a meal, you're going to get this, and then you'll get a step-by-step, easy-to-follow recipe card of every meal and proportioned ingredients that can be prepared in 40 minutes or less. So... You'll get these things at home. You get everything you need that come in these bags. You get all of the ingredients that you need. You don't need to run down to the grocery store to get that clove of garlic that you didn't have because Blue Apron have got it in there for you. They even have a freshness guarantee on every ingredient. So it's going to be arriving ready to cook. And if it doesn't, they will fix it. They will make that right. And their food, the the options that they have available, they're incredibly varied. Nothing's repeated within a year. They have a great culinary team that selects all this stuff. You can even put it in their hands to choose the meals for you. But you can make all of your dietary preferences that you like, and you can also just go ahead and just choose exactly what you want. Like, for example... This is what I would pick right now from Blue Apron because all of this stuff sounds amazing to me. Melted leek and fontina focaccia pizza with Brussels sprouts and lemon ricotta. Chipotle glazed meatloaf with crispy potatoes. And green garlic pesto pasta with romaine salad and creamy lemon dressing. <laughs> it's getting too close to dinner time for me. I think it might be time to chow down on something tasty. Blue Apron delivers to 99% of the continental US. There's no weekly commitment. You get deliveries when you want them. You're going to love how good it feels to, and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron. So don't wait. Visit blueapron.com slash penaddict. Choose your three meals and you will get three for free with your first purchase. You can check out this week's menu. Get three meals free with your first purchase, including free shipping, by just going to blueapron.com slash Panatic. We thank Blue Apron for their support. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. So we ran a little bit long last week, and we're we're heading down that path this week. But we had some Ask TPA that we didn't get to last week, and I want to make sure we do it. So, And these aren't very long ones, so I think let's uh, knock these out, and we'll call it a day. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. All right. So this is one I've been wanting to get to, and Michael, Michael uh, says... When we were talking about the professional easy to use fountain pens for under one hundred dollars, um, it was for a graduation president president ooh, too much president on my mind. Graduation present. <laughs> the Lamy Studio, I got like three emails on that. I was like, Oh, I'm such a dummy. That's the perfect one. That's that should be like the answer. I sh- that should be my go to answer instead of like um being challenged to come up with like the perfect pin for that price range, like in the fifty to one hundred dollar price range, I think the Lamy Studio will please just about anyone who you purchase it for. It's a really, really quality pin, um, made well, writes well, great nibs. Um, you can get them a bottle of ink with that, or you can use the Lamy cartridges, and it, it just looks like the graduation gift type of pin, but it's still like a step up from say, like you know, your traditional cross roller balls, things like that. It's a good shout. 
Yep. So this question from Nick, I thought was super interesting. Do you dial up a piston filler as the ink gets used? I would like to hear from the chat room if you do that, because I understand maybe the theory why, but I don't see there's no need for it. Um, Your ink's going to flow normally. If you do that, you're going to have to have the blind cap loosened um, as you go. And it's just going to be, you know, more chance for damage. There's no need to ever do that. I'm just wondering if people do. I don't I don't know anyone that does. There's no technical reason why you should Um, vacuum fillers are a different story. But just a traditional piston? No, you don't need to do that. And uh, I'd, I'd be surprised if we found out anyone who does that on a regular basis. No, I, I, I would be just terrified that I'm going to spray ink everywhere. Yeah, right, right. So there's just no need for it. Um, and you're just uh, causing uh, an extra point of failure or two when you do that. So stop it, Nick. <laughs> stop it. He didn't He didn't say he did it, but just you know, in case. As a, stop it. As stop a asking. Pen. Stop thinking about it. Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it, Nick. Yeah, no need. So Chris wants to know, what's the best pen clip holder to attach to a notebook or a traveler's notebook? So you use, which one, the Leuchtturm um, for like your Apple Pencil? If you're talking like pen loop, then yeah. yeah that's what like I, and I love loop. those things. They are super sturdy. They mm-hmm. the stick, like the, 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 the glue on them is super strong. Like I thoroughly recommend that product. Like I have... Had one. I've replaced one once on my uh, on my iPad Pro, and I've had it for eighteen months. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, and they're like they're super cheap. Like yeah, I really really recommend the Leuchtturm Pen Loop. Yeah. So I don't use any. Um, if I'm using like a traditional Travelers, um, I'll just take one pen, stick it through the exterior, or I will clip it to the leather. I don't necessarily go for the uh, the exterior pen clips. So it's kind of not my thing. So I'm designing something to where you won't have to ask this question look again, Look at Chris. you. Oh, look at you. <laughs> Keep that hustle going, buddy. <laughs> so Ron wants to know, are there any papers that work well with both fountain pens and pencils? Um, the knock notebooks really do. Um, Keep that hustle know, going. Uh, full full disclosure, I make those. It's my company. <laughs> the, the right notepads really do. Like my fountain pens and these right notepads work great um, in their more recent editions, like in the pines and... They work awesome for pencils. Like you don't, you basically, you just don't don't want to use something with a glossy texture like Rhodia. Generally, those aren't the best for pencils. There's a little bit more smudging. It doesn't feel as nice. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I would go with. Um, knock and write notepads. All right, last one. Jonathan says, I recently struggled to write on a plastic luggage tag. Hotel ballpoint worked best. What traditional ballpoint should be in my EDC? So you go first because you're wrong. All right, great. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I personally just don't like ballpoints, right? Because they tend to be, in my opinion, boring. So don't go boring is what I say. Mm. You can just get yourself a Retro 51 Slim which is a ballpoint, and then you got fun, and they have some great designs in those. So that's what I'm going to say. So you're yeah. wrong. No, that's a great pen. Um, I just don't use it because if I'm going to go ballpoint, I want more useful ballpoint, and I'm going to go to a Fisher Space Pen refill, and because of the utility of that, if you're writing right. I love on the Fisher like Space a plastic pen luggage well, tag. Right? Like I'm a big right. fan of the Fisher Space Pen, like to the right. point that we even bought a bunch and laser engraved them to the gifts. Yes. Right? Like yes. I like them a lot, but it's still so not my go to. Right. So my go to is actually that refill in the shown design uh pen, which mm. I just 
I can't get enough of that pen. That's my pocket pen of choice when I go out to just have in case I need it. Like if I go to baseball practice and, you know, we need to write something on some kid's glove so he doesn't leave it behind or in his hat, I can break out that pen and I know it's not going to get damaged while I'm out there running around on the field too. And I just like to have the utility of a Fisher Space pen refill. Not the best writer in the world, but definitely the highest utility value of any type of ballpoint. And uh, that's what I would recommend. It's a good recommendation. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I know you really like that Schoen Design pen. Uh, mm-hmm. it's, it's, a, it's just a little bit like too aggressive for me, you know? Sure. Oh, I totally understand. Yeah. Yes, and in the chat room, this is something I very much believe in. They mentioned, I always use the Fisher Fine refills. They always ship with mediums. I keep a stock of fine and just swip, swap them right out. Fine blue Fisher Space Pen refill is the... Uh, Fisher's space pen refill that you should use, in my opinion. But hey, I have opinions. They often get me in trouble. Could you say, would you say uh, maybe you have opinions? Oh, God, you're terrible. We should end the show now. If you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 246. You can find Brad at penaddict.com and knock.co. His dowdyism on Twitter, D O W D Y I S M, and penaddict on Instagram. Um, there's also a link in the show notes if you want to go to the subreddit now. This is a new thing. You go to reddit.com slash r slash penaddict, and that's the, the subreddit, which is a thing that apparently we're going to be hanging out in. Um, <laughs> thanks again to our sponsors this week, Blue Apron, Harry's, and Pen Chalet. Most of all, thank you for listening. I'm iMike, I-M-Y-K-E, on the social places. We'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.